weeks we have been doing a sermon series on praise and this morning we want to continue and we want to conclude in fact our final sermon on the sermon series praise so let's open our bibles to psalm 30 if you have your bible with you you can open out your phone or ipad so go to psalm 30 or you can get in the screen too so this is a beautiful and amazing psalm of david where we see how David is praising God, how David is worshiping God through the praises that he is able to lift up to the throne of grace. Psalm 30. So shall we read the scriptures together? I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. O Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave, and you have kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of His, and give thanks, to, uh, thanks at the remembrance of His holy name. For His anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. You can read out loud if you want. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Now in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain st stand strong. You hid your face, and I was troubled. I cried out to you, O Lord, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it declare your truth? Hear, O Lord and have mercy on me lord be my helper verse 11 and 12 you have turned for me my morning into dancing you have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent oh lord my god i will give thanks to you forever you know if you know the history a little bit this psalm was penned by david as he went through different life challenges in his lifetime and even though it was penned by David the song was sung at the dedication of the house of the Lord you know most of the praise songs were written for an occasion such as dedication of the temple of God or the house of David even though David did not build the temple he gathered all the raw material that was required for building the temple he put the plan he made the plan for the foundation he made the plan for the building structure and david could have possibly very well composed a couple of songs so that the so those songs could be sung during the temple dedication and eventually we know the temple was not built by david the temple was built by solomon his son so in this psalm it is very evident that david was seriously ill i don't know whether you got that as we read through the psalms in verses one to three you know we see that david was very severely ill and god revived him and it was not just an ordinary sickness it was a very serious very dangerous sickness that would have brought death to him and he would have got buried because of his sickness but Bible says, as he was writing, David says, but God healed him and David is writing this psalm with a very thankful heart. Amen. You know, this is true in our lives too. There are times there are sicknesses on our way 
And in our times when we go through such sickness in our lives, there is no reason why we would not have died. You know, we would have died because if God would not have helped, we would have died in our sickness. But God was faithful and his healing power was so tangible that God revived us. Amen. Can I hear an amen? Do we have witnesses in this house? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Unlike the other Psalms of David, this Psalm is very peculiar. You know, when we read this Psalm, we get a flow easily. You know, we can just go verse 1 to verse 31 or verse 41. We can just read through it and you can just, you get a very great flow. Can you all look at me, please? Then you can take your, do your study. Right? So we get a very beautiful flow. But in this Psalm, if you read, I'm really missing the flow. I don't know whether you notice that. There is not much of correlation between the different segments in this psalm. It appears that David would have picked up few verses from one psalm and few verses from other psalm and put all this together and mixed it up and he would have made Psalm 30. That, oh, that's how it appears to me when I started reading this, studying this psalm. But that also means there is so much of richness. If David would have done that, from the psalms which he sang in from different places, from the different scriptures you would have selected and put all this together. You know, sometimes we make the song in that way, right? We write songs by using the scriptures. Probably David would have written Psalm 30 by using some of those scriptures from elsewhere in the book of the law. And I'm, I believe this morning, because of the richness, because of the wealthiness of this psalm, God is going to give so much of spiritual insight this morning to us. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. One who does not know God cannot praise God. David had a very intimate relationship with his God. You know, that brought a great revelation about God. It's easy to know that there is a God who is in heaven, who controls the whole universe. We all know that. It's a book knowledge. We all know that. But Ultimately, there is another thing to know God, who our God is. There is another thing to talk to your God. There is another thing to deal with Him. And there is another thing, this is another thing to understand the way God works, the way God operates. To get greater revelation from God who is, who He is. How much we know about our God? What do you think? How much we know about our God? Very little. If you ask little children, they say, this tiny, how much tiny it is? It's this tiny, right? So... That much is what we know about our God. We don't know many things. But we read about this magnificent, this wonderful, this glorious, ever-loving, everlasting God through David's words. And this morning we are here to study, to know who our God is and how God works in the, in the life of men or in the life of human on the face of this earth. So here is the theme of the psalm. If you can get to the, go to the next slide. This is the theme of the psalm. You can read that with me together. Praise is eternal. Can you read that? Praise is eternal. The praise that we start on this earth, even in the midst of our challenges, Wearing our sackcloth, sackcloth is a symbol of grief and self-humiliation. Wearing our sackcloth is going to continue the praise that we make. Wearing a sackcloth is going to continue into eternity as eternal praise. As we will be clothed with the garment of praise. 
And the sackcloth is going to be taken out of our lives permanently. And God is going to clothe, it, clothe us with a garment of praise. So this morning I would like to title my sermon as Eternal Praise. Can you say that with me? Eternal Praise. David is praising God for the way God helped him in his situation, in every situation. So David is expressing his emotions, his inner feelings in this psalm as he composed this psalm and made that psalm available for the dedication of the temple of God. This morning I want to segment this psalm, this psalm, Psalm 30, into five different segments. Number one, if you can read that, it's depressing. Verses 1 to 3. Can you say that with me? It's depressing. Certainly it's depressing at times when you read the Psalms of David. Secondly, it's momentary. Can you say that? It's momentary. Third, it is sudden. It is sudden. Fourth, it is useless. Fifth, it is ultimate. Depressing, momentary, sudden, useless, and ultimate. You know, these are the titles, these are the uh, names I can give to each of the segment of Psalm 30. I mean, you would not find this anywhere else. It's just my own ideas. It's just a revelation that I got from God and just sharing with you this morning. Number one, it's depressing verses 1 to 3. Shall we read that together? Psalm 30 verses 1 to 3. Now we are going to read that with the, with the idea of what is the depression that David is going through here? What is so depressing in his life? Let's read Psalm 30 verses 1 to 3. I will exalt you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. O Lord, you brought me, brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. David's life was filled with strife and challenges. We know the story, just giving you background of what David is trying to say here. Saul was pursuing David like a dog and like a flea. Saul got many opportunities to kill David. Many times David had to run for his life, hide himself in the cave, hide himself in the wilderness. Many times he was running for his life. Remember he was anointed as a king to rule his people. He faced tremendous affliction and tremendous persecution in his life. David also had many enemies. They wanted to destroy him. They wanted to destroy his family. They wanted to captivate all the women and all the children. They wanted to destroy all his people. He was facing all these challenges. You know, this morning when I say this, you may be able to relate your life to the life of David and say that this is what I'm going through in my life too. And I believe God is speaking to you this morning from the life of David. He went into deep, deep depression. I read that. I see that in these verses. He wrote many psalms in anguish. Many psalms in his loneliness. Many psalms he wrote in fear of his enemy. And many times he cried over his sin. Many times he felt guilty within him. And he had the struggle of guiltiness within him. And in fact, he lost his own son. Many times he went through such an emotional situation in his life and he was crying 
and everything he was going through a deep depression and everything was seen in his words Psalm 43 verse 5 he says for example many times his soul lost its strength and he encouraged himself in the Lord Psalm 43 verse 5 why are you cast down O my soul can you read with me and why are you disquieted within me hope in God for I shall yet praise him the help of my countenance and my God many times he was talking to himself my soul my soul why are you so discouraged today you may be thinking that I'm the one who's going through all this in trouble in my life David went through it many of us are going through it today he cried out for God at times for his foolishness he made foolish decisions he made foolish acquaintances and he cried out cried to God for his sins he cried to God for the attack that he was having from the enemies even at times he was feeling that even God had forsaken him have you been in that moment at times in your life that you think that even God has forsaken me even God is not answering my questions even God is not even caring about me David was in that situation but he now he is saying to God saying that Lord you revived me in every situation you brought my soul up from the grave what does it mean soul goes down when it gets depressed soul gets into the grave and get buried when you go through emotional struggles in your life you brought my soul up from the grave and you kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit life is depressing at times it is depressing can you say it's depressing little more louder it's depressing at times life challenges are you know putting us into a corner and saying that you are not good for anything there is nothing good is going to happen from your life can anything good come from Nazareth can anything good come from your family this is what is your family background this is what your parents did this is what your forefathers did they were all idol worshippers they were not seeking God they were even murderers they were even magicians anything good can come out of your life life is so depressing at times and even to add it to get added to that when everything was all right David became spiritually complacent he became lax and became so negligent in his life now even more to that David was struck with a deadly disease that he thought he's going to be buried in the grave but God was with him in every situation even today when you go through such a trouble do not assume that God is not with you God is with you and now David is saying I will extol you O Lord extol simply means praise enthusiastically praise highly magnify the Lord to a higher degree that's what extol means extol is different from praise praise out loud praise enthusiastically that's what extol means David is saying I will extol you O Lord there is a reason why David is praising God here God did not allow his enemies to rejoice over him God did not put him in the deathbed God revived him he healed him when he cried out 
He brought his soul up from the grave when he was totally, deeply depressed. God lifted him up. God did not allow him to get perished. That's the reason he's able to extol God. And this morning you may be going through some of the struggles of life. And God wants you to extol him. God wants you to extol him in your situation. Today God wants you to praise him because he recovered you. If he would not have recovered you, you are not here today. If he would not have recovered you, you would not again come up in your life and to come up to a position or come up to a place where you are in today because God revived you from that situation. You face that situation and you get revived through God, through his word, through the power of the Holy Spirit as we pray. There's a truth that we learn here. Truth number one, if you can get that on the screen. Life is depressing at times. You can read that with me and say that out loud this morning. Life is depressing at times. But the God of David will not allow your enemies rejoice over you. Can you just praise, praise God this morning as we read that once again. Life is depressing at times but the God of David will not allow your enemies rejoice over you amen as we move further in verse 4 David is praising God saying sing praises to God sing praises to the Lord you saints of his and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name he is just praising God let's move further verse 5 Second thing we talk about is it's momentary. Can you say that with me? It's momentary. Verse 5 says, for his anger is but for a moment. You know, you need to be ready. You need to be ready to you know, jump from one topic to another topic. As I said, David is somehow kind of totally distracted, I believe, as he was writing this psalm. So just come along with me. It's momentary. Now he says, for your anger is but for a moment, but your favor is for life. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Have you come across this situation with the day, what David is talking about in your life? For a moment you thought, God has even forsaken you. You asked God about your situation, and in that situation God did not show up, and you asked, where is my God? I'm sure most of you would have prayed that prayer. Where are you, God? Where are you right now? Have you forsaken me? You felt that you were just all alone. You thought, you know, my sin was not seen by anybody. But God had seen my sins. Now it looks like that God is angry with me. Amen? Amen? Yes. That's true. You know, many times we get into this situation. God knows everything. Probably he's angry at me. And these scriptures, they talk about the extent of God's love or God's favor and the assurance of joy. When he says, for his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for life. What does it mean? It's an extent of God's favor. Are you with me? Amen. It's an extent of God's favor. And when he says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning, that simply means an assurance of joy. You know, this morning, if you have lost your joy, God is assuring the joy to us. He is extending that favor in your life because it's a moment. It's a momentary. Have you expressed momentary forsakenness in your life? There are moments of forsakenness in your life. 
Because God says this. You know, as he was preparing, I understood that this is scriptural, that momentary forsakenness. Isaiah 54, 7, God says, what does he say? For a mere moment, I have forsaken you, but with great mercies, I will gather you. Looks like it is scriptural, even God can forsake us for a moment, but it stays for a very short time. It's momentary. Even David cried out to God saying in Psalm 22, this is what says, he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Don't you remember the scripture? Does it, familiar? Does it sound familiar? This was the same words that Jesus spoke at the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It is biblical that even God can forsake us for a moment. Maybe for the three hours, three hours at the cross for Jesus. Maybe two days in your life. Maybe a few weeks in your lives. Maybe a few months in your lives. God can forsake you. This momentary forsakenness is biblical. It happens to you and it happens to me. But thank God it is momentary. There is momentary affliction that the word of God talks about. 2 Corinthians 4.17 Can you read that scripture with me? For our light affliction, which is but for a, but for a moment. The momentary affliction is just but for a moment. The light affliction is for a moment. Is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Momentary affliction. First Peter 5.10, reading from NIV, Peter says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, after you have suffered a little while, the momentary forsakenness, the momentary affliction, the suffering for a little while, is all part of Bible, is all part of the word of God. There is suffering for a little while. And that is going to make you strong. That is going to make you firm in the word of God. And as he says in verse 5, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You know, I know some of you are weeping this morning. I know some of you wept when you got up from your bed. This morning and you asked God, Lord, can this day bring something good in my life? Probably that's the prayer that you make every day in your life. Can this day bring something good in my life? Can something good can happen in my life this day? Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Night talks about a limited time. Night stays for six hours. Night stays for eight hours. There is weeping in every life. For a period. For a period there is weeping in every life. Ecclesiastes chapter four, chapter three, verse four says, A time to weep. Can you say with me? A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. But thank God the time is momentary. It is momentary. Morning comes. God will take you into a time when you can laugh. God will take you into time that you can laugh with the way others laugh. This is the life we are living. This is the reality of the life that we are living. Psalm 126 verse 6, reading from NIV Bible says, Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Looks like there is no joy without weeping. 
Looks like there is no blessing without, you know, going down to the ground. Looks like there is no, there is no good thing happening without experiencing the bad thing. Looks like there is no mountain without going through the valley in your life. This morning you are going through a terrible time that is sure, for sure, there is no doubt. But God wants me to tell you this morning that it is, for, it is momentary. It is momentary. The truth number two that we learn here, God works through the momentary forsakenness, the momentary affliction, the momentary sufferings and weeping that endures only for a night to show the extent of his favor and to give an assurance of joy. You know, God wants to do that in your life. So while that you have been going through weeping time in your life, I don't know how God is going to bring that to you, but he is going to bring that to you because his word says so. Amen. Let's move further. Verses 6 through, six through 7, it is sudden. Can you say it's sudden? Verse 6. Now in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. Verse 7. Lord, by your favor, you have made, me, made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face, and I was troubled. It's sudden. What is sudden? God raised him up in his prosperity and he said I shall not be moved and there was trouble right there David is saying when we when war ceased in his life there was peace in his realm when God had given rest to David from all his enemies when he was in good health what did he say he said verse 6 I shall never be moved yeah I shall never be shaken or I shall never be moved this is what he said and when did he say in my prosperity are you with me when everything is going well when our business is going well our wealth is good our health is good everything's children are doing well and in my prosperity I said I shall not be moved but all of a sudden, troubles started coming back. Can you say all of a sudden? All of a sudden, troubles started coming back. Today we are in the same situation. I am in the same situation. When everything is going on well, we don't really need God. When everything is working out for on our behalf, we don't seek God. We try to do things by our strength. We try to do things the way we want them to be done. We try to continue doing it by our own strength we try to do things without even seeking God without even praying about it and you know what it works it works we don't even ask for prayer it works last two times I informed that you need I need prayer because I'm going for my driving test I need prayer I need prayer and you failed and the third time, you don't tell anybody. Silently, you go for driving test and get... Yeah, we hear some witness here in this house. <laughs> and silently, you go for um, driving test, get your license, and come back and say that I got my license. Thank God. It works. Amen? It works. Without prayer, things work. That's amazing, right? Without coming to church, it works. 
is okay. I don't need church. Things are still going on. Probably I can focus on my studies now. I can focus more on my work now. On Sunday morning, I can take my car and go out with my family because pastor told you need to spend time with your family. And everything works. It's all good. David thought that way. But he says, Bible says, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, trouble came. Because the moment we try not to depend on God, we are just set loose out there. Anything can happen. Moment if somebody is not thinking about me in prayer, I'm in trouble. Moment somebody is not praying for me, I'm in trouble. Because trouble can come anytime. David says in my prosperity, I said, I will never be moved. Psalmist says in Psalm 62 verse 10, the second part he says, If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. That simply means, if God gives you a child, do not set your heart on the child. If God gives you a job, do not, listen to me, do not keep your heart on the job. If God gives you wealth, do not keep your eyes on the wealth. If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. You know, the usual prayer request that comes for praying for a child and we pray, Lord, you give a child. And when the child is born, obviously, first three months we can't come to church because pastor is going to scream at you if the child cries, right? And then what happens after that? The child started playing. Now I can't come to church, pastor, because I have a child now. Now the child grows. We need to take the child to soccer. I cannot come to church, pastor, because God had given me a child. If riches increase, do not set your heart on them if you set your heart on the riches god is going to take the riches away from you the same thing is applicable for everything when god hides his face over you you are in trouble i'm in trouble how many times david cried out to the lord saying lord lord do not hide your face from me i listed a couple of times here if you can go through it quickly psalm 27 9 he says do not hide next slide please do not hide your face from me do not turn your servant away in anger you have been my help do not leave me nor forsake me oh god of my salvation in Psalm 69 verse 17 he says and do not hide your face from your servant he's pleading to God Lord please do not hide your face from me oh God for I am in trouble hear me speedily Psalm 102 verse 2 do not hide your face from me in the day of my trouble Incline your fear to me in the day that I call. Answer me speedily. Psalm 143 verse 7. Answer me speedily, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, lest I be like those who go down to the pit. He's pleading to God, please do not hide your face from me. When we are proud, God hides his face from us. When we think that we can do everything by our strength, God hides his face because it's sudden. It happens sudden, trouble comes all of a sudden. We need to learn to depend on God to make your life easy. 
We need to depend on God. We need God. We need prayer. We need fellowship. We need Bible teaching. We need instruction. We need correction. We need rebuke. We need everything to grow in the Lord. Otherwise, you know, we will just go away from God easily. We need everything. Truth number three. The momentary or the moment pride comes in our lives. Can you read with me? Help me here. The moment pride comes in my lives. In our lives. moment we start depending on our strength, God hides his face. Verse 8, he says, I cried out to you. When trouble came in his life, again he is going back to God. We don't have a place to go. We don't have anybody else to go. We need to go back to God. He says, I cried out to God and the Lord. And to the Lord I made my supplication. Fourthly, verse 9 says, it's useless. Can you say it with me? It's useless. What profit, verse 9, what profit is there in my blood? When I go down to the pit, will the dust praise you? Will it declare your truth ever? What profit is there in my blood? David is asking a question and he is asking us to answer. When I go down to the pit, will the dust praise you? Will it declare your truth? And when you are standing in front of a dead body, obviously we don't see that dead body. No, she was a woman of God, praising God, coming to a church every day, every Sunday. And sit at the friend row and get filled in the Holy Ghost. And he claps her hands and praise God throughout the service. But now she is dead. We stand in front of her and watch. Is there a moment that praise is gone forever? There is no praise that comes out of her mouth. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? God wants us to praise him when, he, when we are alive. God wants us to serve him when we are alive. Can I hear an amen from you this morning? And I want you to listen to me this morning. If we don't praise God now, if we don't serve God now, time doesn't stand still. Our age doesn't wait. Our health condition doesn't stay in the same way forever. Our wealth will be taken away. People will leave us at times. Children will be gone. When we turn back at some point of time later in your life to look behind, you will find emptiness, a great emptiness in your life. Not gained anything, not achieved anything. Wasted years and wasted lifetime is what you will be seeing when you turn back into your life. First John 2.17, John says, And the world is passing away can you read that with me it's a beautiful scripture and the world is passing away and the lust of it but he who does the will of god abides for ever that whatever we see today it's all going to go away it's all going to go away and he who does the will of god abides forever what is the will of god ct stirred an england cricketer and a later missionary to China, India, and Africa. This is what he said once. You can read that on the screen. Only one life. Can you read with me? This is what is the will of God concerning you and me. Only one life. It will soon be passed. 
Only what's done for Christ will last when you turn back after 20 years, after 30 years, after 40 years of your life. When you turn back, nothing will be seen there. You see a whole emptiness, but what you, what you have done for Christ will stand forever. People who came to Christ by your ministry, by your life, by your word, by your acquaintance with them, they will be standing there. Bible says when you go to heaven, Make friends so that when you go to heaven, they will be right there to receive you into the eternal heaven. What you have done for Christ will alone stand and the rest of it all going to go away. David is saying, what profit is in my blood when I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it declare your truth? God wants us today, not tomorrow. He wants us today, right now. And he doesn't want us tomorrow. He wants you today in this day. The truth number four that we learn here. Life is useless. Read that with me. Life is useless once lived only for this world. But it is priceless once lived for God. How many of you are living for God? How many of you are living and doing something for God? You know, just do not just, just do not do not just idle yourself. Just do something for God. Get attached to a ministry. Get attached to people where you can do something. Now that there is no in-person, but get on to online and do something for God. Only what we do for Christ will stand forever. Life is useless once lived only for this world. But it is priceless once lived for God. You know, God, I know that for sure God is putting the desire in your heart, some of you. But you struggle because you don't know how to get out of it. You don't know what can we do for God. You don't know what, what, how, in what way you can be of use for God. This is something that we want to take it serious because we don't want to gather an empty thing later in our lifetime. We want to do something useful for God. Finally, it's ultimate. Verses 11 through 12. As I said, the truth is getting transmitted through different irrelevant topics here. But it is still the truth. Verse 11, you have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put out my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. Verse 12, to the end that I may sing glory, may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. <clears throat> Life is depressing at times. We talked about it. God's anger and our weeping are momentary. We talked about it. Trouble comes in our lives all of a sudden. We talked about it. Life is useless if we don't live life for God. If you live only, live only for this world, life is useless. But if you live for God, the life is priceless. And now he's talking about the momentary deliverance that comes in your life and my life when we live on the face of this earth. But the ultimate deliverance, listen to me, is going to come when we go to heaven. Amen? That's, that's what he's talking about. I'll just give you, I'll be done in a few minutes. The momentary nature of life on earth, let's talk a little bit about it. Verse 11, can you read again? <coughs> Excuse me. You have turned for, my, for me my morning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. You know, this life that we are living today, it's fleeting, it's passing. It's very momentary. That we are talking about the momentary nature of life on the earth. It is a momentary life. And God has, listen to me, this is a fact. God has given us a sackcloth and a garment of praise. Today, when you go home and you open your order of, you'll find out, a sackcloth hanging there and a garment of 
Praise. You need both when we live on the face of this earth. You need a sackcloth and you need a garment of praise. When sickness and trouble comes in your life, we put on the sackcloth. And when we get healed, when God delivers us, we put on the garment of praise. You know, no matter how much you preach, preach, and no much how much no no matter how much you try to live, you try to decide, you make a decision. Next time when trouble comes on my life, I'm going to sing praises to God. It's not going to happen. You end up in shutting yourself. You end up in isolating yourself. You know, that's the life that we are living. You have a sackcloth to put on. And when God heals us, we jump up and down and we say, give praise to God. We give, bring testimonies. I'm not saying it's a good thing or bad thing, but this is, this is a reality. You take the garment of praise and put on the garment of praise and praise God. Thank God. That's what we do. We're talking about the temporary, momentary nature of life. Paul says in 2 Corinthians verse 4, chapter 4, verse 18, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. You know, this is very, very, very practical in the life of a child of God. It's not a theory. It's not a hypothesis. We do not look at the things what we see today. You look at your family. You look at your children. You look at your job. You look at your wealth. And we look at all the things that we see. We look at our health in everything. For the things which are seen are temporary. Paul clearly says, but the things which are not seen are eternal. What is not seen? The call of God in your life. You have not seen that yet. The people who need to follow Christ because of your ministry, you have not seen yet. The life that God is giving you in the eternity, you have not seen. Those things are going to be permanent. That's what Paul is writing here to the church in Corinth. The momentary nature of life. Let's talk a little bit about the eternal nature of life in heaven. Verse 12. To the end that my glory, in other words, to the end that my soul may sing praise to you and not be silent at all. Oh Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. The momentary life is going to end and the eternal life is going to start. The momentary life is going to go away. You know, some of us are here, all of us are here, sitting here today and listening to me. It's not going to happen every time, every day, every year. Some of us are going to leave one by one. And at a particular point of time, it's a new church, new pastor, new board, all new believers. The rest are all gone. Nobody's here. This is the life that we are living today. How precious when people walk in front of us. How precious when unknown people calling us for prayer. How precious it is if somebody wants you to pray with them. How precious it is if somebody wants to come along with you to church. And how dare we can miss this opportunity. None of us are going to be here. And we are all here right now. We are all here on the face of this earth here right now. How precious your parents are. How precious your brothers and sisters and niece and nephew. And how precious your brothers and family and all, all friends and relatives. How precious people are. You're all going to go away at some point of time. Nobody's going to be here permanently. And here, David says, the sackcloth that you see today in your wardrobe and the garment of praise that you see today, you are on and off. You put the sackcloth sometime and you take the garment of praise at some point of time. But God is saying, He's going to remove the sackcloth permanently. Forever. 
Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3. Can you read that with me? Isaiah 61 3. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called the trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That he may be glorified. In Revelation chapter 21 verse 4. John writes in Revelation 21 verse 4. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Until you go there, tear is part of your life. He did not promise weeping free life. No, he did not promise that. Until we go there, when God wipes away our tears, that's the time your tears are going to be wiped away permanently. Until we'll wipe away every tear from their eyes, there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. But whatever we see today, they are all going to be passed away. And what we are not, we are not seen yet, that is going to remain forever. It's ultimate. It's ultimate. There is nothing beyond. We are going to live with the Lord forever and ever. The truth number five that we are talking about this morning. The praise that we started on the earth for a momentary deliverance is going to continue as eternal praise in heaven once the sackcloth is permanently removed and the garment of praise is put on forever. Amen. This morning, God is telling us do not worry about the life on this earth. Start thinking about, divert your attention towards what you can do for the eternity. What you can do for the life that is to come. Because that matters, the rest of it doesn't really matter. No matter what situation, what phase of life we are in today, God has an answer for everything. God has a solution for everything. Why don't we just get up and get into a time of prayer this morning? As I summarize and close, we talked about the depressing nature of life. We talked about the momentary sorrow that we experience on the face of this earth. We talked about the failing nature of man, the falling nature of man, and the sudden troubles that come on our way. We talked about the uselessness of life if we live only for the world. And we also talked about the pricelessness of life even while living on the face of this earth. The ultimate deliverance of eternal praise will rise when the garment of or the sackcloth is permanently removed. The garment of praise is permanently put on your life until then you go through what you're going through. But in the midst of all, David says, You healed me, Lord. You revived me, Lord. You took me up, Lord. I would have got buried, but you lifted me up, Lord. You know, this is the way we need to build our life. That's the expectation of God. Do not expect everything to be perfect. It's not going to be until we go there. This morning, shall we close our eyes and just recollect everything that God has spoken to you?